With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. If you have just woken up on this cold, breezy Friday, you have seen one of two things. Either A, if you're in the Midwest, you've seen how freezing cold it is, like negative five degrees in Cincinnati. And you've also seen that for the first time in over seven years, the Bengals clinch back-to-back playoff berths for the first time in that span. Your Cincinnati Bengals are back in the playoffs by virtue of the Jaguars' 19-3 win over the New York Jets on Thursday night, which means the Bengals are in and they can still fight for not just the AFC North title, but for a number one seed, depending on how they control their destiny. So the playoff heat is getting hotter, even as the weather's getting colder. Welcome into another edition of the Strictly Stripes podcast. Muhammad Ahmad, Andrew Gillis, and Mike Nislik back at it with you. Mike is currently in Boston, where he's going to be in Foxborough Saturday for the big game. And guys, I mean, just jumping into it, like we mentioned, the Bengals are in the playoffs. Uh, they clinched a spot, which it's hard to believe it's been that long since they had back-to-back births because you look at that stretch from 2011 to 2015, they got in every year. But, of course, as many people know, they didn't win a single playoff game. That's changed after all those years of losing before Zach Taylor got there. The culture has changed. They are back in it. At this point, how big is that? Just you know, I know the Bengals have said, yeah, we're focused on a division. We're focused on maybe even getting a one seed. But, you know, how much can you celebrate and appreciate something like that, just seeing that? I mean, anytime you make the playoffs, it's a big deal. Um, you know, you, you look at kind of some teams around the league. Um, you know, you think about the Ravens. Um, you know, the Ravens had a ton of injuries the last couple of years, and the playoffs haven't really been guaranteed for them. Um, you know, you look at the team like the Broncos this year, who everybody kind of penciled in as like, okay, they're going to challenge the Chiefs or the AFC West. Uh, they have the quarterback, they have the roster, and now you kind of you, you look at where they're at. So, I mean, taking the playoffs, you can't take for granted. Um, these you got to get in. Um, you got to get in to do what this team eventually wants to do. But, um, you know, the next step is obviously the AFC North. Uh, you can do that with a 2-0 two and, two and o record and one Ravens loss in the next two weeks uh, if you want to do it before that Ravens game. Um, in week 18. But yeah, I mean, getting into the playoffs, it's impressive for a team that um, it's impressive for any team, really. I I mean, you look at the last couple of years, like you mentioned at the top, and for a team that had been pretty, pretty bad before Burrow got here and, you know, that that five-year stretch, give or take, and uh, now they're in the playoffs again. I mean, that's nothing to take, it's nothing to turn your nose up at. 
the two years in a row is what they're looking at, that they're excited that uh, right. they were able to do that. Um, I think that they've got obviously, you know, bigger goals. So um, I think they're downplaying the idea, you know, and, and they didn't have to play to get it to. So, um, you know, the Jets obviously losing gets it to them this year. So um, it's, you know, it's a nice accomplishment, but I think that they still have things they want to do. What's so crazy, too, if you think about it is, and I don't think this will happen, but this is just the weird mathematical possibility. If somehow the Bengals lose out or they don't win enough to get the division and they're like a number five seed and say Jacksonville keeps winning like they did last night and Tennessee keeps choking the way they've been choking and somehow Jacksonville out of nowhere just gets that four seed and wins the division. Theoretically, again, I'm not saying this will happen, but it's just a crazy thought. The Bengals could go to Jacksonville for a playoff game, which I don't think will happen, but I thought about it and I was like, assuming the Bengals don't win out or don't get the division or don't get the one or two seed, like that could be one of those possibilities. Of course, that's contingent on a lot of things, including including a big choke job from the Titans, which I'm going to tell you right now, the way things have been going for them, don't be shocked at that. Um, but, you know, uh, the focus right now for the Bengals isn't even specifically winning the North. It's specifically beating New England. Uh, they know it's not going to be easy playing at Gillette Stadium, which, like I said, it's pretty freezing cold in uh, Cincinnati. I don't know how cold it's going to be in Boston, Foxborough. Uh, but, Mike, I'm sure you brought multiple layers up there. It's going to be a cold, crazy environment. New England is 7-7. Seven and seven. Their backs are going to be more than against the wall. Because at this point, a loss pretty much either ruins or kills their playoff hopes. So you already know they're going to give it all they got. Um, so that's why I think it's going to be an exciting, freezing, chilly, cold game that Andrew and I will be watching from afar. But just prediction-wise, I think I'm just going to kind of kick off my prediction here because I kind of put some thought into it. Um, on the podcast earlier, I think it was with you, Mike, I said that uh, neither team is going to score more than 16. Whoever gets to 16 is essentially going to be your winner. Uh, and on that note, I think the Bengals are going to win this game 16-6. to I don't think the Bengals go too crazy on offense. I still think the Patriots have a top five, top six defense for a reason, especially with that pass rush uh, with Matthew Judon and Josh Uche. I think that's you know really solid. Devin McCourty's not bad. Uh, and on top of that, it also doesn't help, though, that they don't have Jalen Mills. He's going to be out for this game. On the flip side of the ball, they're not going to have Devontae Parker. He's also out on the injury report they had released. So, you know, Mac Jones has not looked good lately, which I also mentioned is due in part to the fact that Matt Patricia is calling the plays, which a lot of people would be probably agreeing on with that. Uh, and, you know, like besides Ramondre Stevenson, who I think is going to be the biggest challenge for the Bengals to stop, either with screen passes or just running the ball, you know, he's going to be a challenge. But I just really think with what the Bengals defense has done since the bye week to guys like Derrick Henry, Nick Chubb, no offense to Ramondre Stevenson, but he ain't no Derrick Henry or Nick Chubb. And the Bengals know that. And I think even without Sam Hubbard, um, you know, having Trey Hendrickson back, I think they're going to be fine on that front. Their depth is battle-tested, and I wrote about that, and you can read about that up front at least. So, you know, so like I said, not going to be a crazy scoring game on either side, but with how bad the Patriots' offense has been and how hot the Bengals' defense has been, I think it's going to be 16-6 to Bengals. Yeah, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to predict the, the Bengals are going to win this one, but I think it's going to be close. Um, uh, I'm going to say 24-21. Um, you you kind of look at the last the last week of of the Bengals and of the Patriots, and uh, you know I think you get a little bit of of kind of what I was talking about last week against Tampa Bay. Like I obviously predicted that game to be 
um, you know, Lee Corso voice closer than the experts think, but um, you know, the Bengals, it looked good for a half and then the Bengals pulled away. So for now, I think, um, you know, I, I just, you look at the Patriots, they are a game behind the chargers and the dolphins for a playoff spot. Um, the Jaguars are kind of nipping at their heels. I don't imagine the Jaguars are going to make a wild card spot. Um, but the Patriots are kind of pretty much in do or die mode right now. Um, considering how they lost last week, I, I think maybe if that happened and it knocked them out, you're dealing with a team that's deflated and a team that's done. Um, but you're going to get the Patriots' best efforts. We still don't know what the Bengals' defensive line is going to look like. Um, you know, Sam Hubbard's obviously out. Trey Hendrickson's playing with a broken wrist. You know, it, great for the Bengals that they have Trey Hendrickson back, but how much of Trey Hendrickson is going to be actually Trey Hendrickson? Um, so I'm not sure there. Uh, you know, so I, I just think that it's going to be a little bit closer. Um, it's a short week for the Bengals. Uh, you had a massive comeback win on the road last week in Tampa. So you have to fly from Tampa to Cincinnati. You have to fly a day early to, uh, uh, to the New England area. So to me, this is just, you know, it's just a, a situation of Bengals are kind of up against a couple different things here. I still think they're the way better team. Yeah, I my prediction win, is uh, but I would not Bengals 28, Patriots 14. I view it a little differently, just that these two teams are kind of going in much different directions. I feel like the Patriots season kind of ended last week on that gaffe at the end of the game. I'm not sure how they really recover. I know that, the, you know, mathematically they're still in it. Um, but just feels like, uh, they're just a, a team struggling, no offensive identity. Um, you know, just just kind of doesn't feel like they're on the same page with with Mac Jones and obviously offensive coordinator Matt Patricia. I think Cincinnati's obviously in a, in a very opposite place, playing great complementary football. I know there's some injuries, uh, but I still think they have the far better roster here, um, and the Patriots shouldn't pose much of a problem, especially you know with the weather. It doesn't look like it's going to be too bad here. I mean, it'll be cold. Not as cold as where you guys are, but uh, no snow. Um, so I think, uh, you know, the Bengals should roll and, and keep that win streak going. Amen to that. So kind of like last time you have a, a close prediction uh, within like a field goal. You kind of have my prediction, which is within like a touchdown and a field goal. And then yours is kind of more of like a, the Bengals get away by two touchdowns. So I'm excited to see kind of like last week and the week before where the uh, target uh, lands, you know, as far as like where the Bengals score and finish. Also, as we're on the podcast now, some breaking news, if you want to call it that Hayden Hurst, who Zach Taylor said was unsure about for this weekend, although Hurst said he thought he was going to be able to play. He has officially been ruled out. He's been downgraded from questionable to out. So that means Mitchell Wilcox will get his third straight start at tight end uh, after scoring a touchdown in his homecoming in Tampa Bay last week. So just a quick update there. Um, it'll be interesting to see what they do with Wilcox like they've done the last two games. But as far as prop bets go, uh, Mike, I kind of want you to start because I think I have a feeling you have a very interesting prop bet just because, uh, I don't know, I guess I'm just a psychic. I feel like you have something good you want to say. Lay, lay it out there for us. <laughs> I don't know if it'll be good, but it'll be a prop bet. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I had, uh, uh, over, under, half an interception, obviously, for Mac Jones. Uh, the Patriots have turned the ball over uh, quite a bit this year. Uh, Jones has, I think, eight interceptions, turned it over 
uh, once, I think, in a streak of five straight games to open the season. He's been better lately, but since I have, uh, you know, I feel like they're going to be playing from behind, uh, a lot of pressure. Obviously, with this being a must-win game, that they'll make some mistakes. And you know, the Bengals' defense has talked about this. The you know, turnovers sort of uh, tend to stack, and, and momentum is a real thing with that. Once you get one, you can kind of build on them. Uh, they had four, obviously, season high last week takeaways. Uh, so I feel like they'll get one, uh, at least one interception on Mac Jones, and uh, that'd make for a good prop bet um, to fill out maybe a parlay because uh, it's at minus one thirty. Um, so good, good luck, everybody. And it closing in on it being legal in uh, in Ohio. So a couple more days here. That's true because it is December 23rd. And, yeah, we are well over a week away. That's something I did not even think about. Although you'd think I would from hearing all these radio ads talking about BetMGM. So, I, yeah, you're, you're on it with that. Andrew, what about you? Yeah. Um, you know, uh... You're just kind of looking at the weather here, and you're as of right now, um, twelve fifty on on Friday. Uh, you know it's going to be twenty three degrees and sunny, which isn't the problem. But winds are the one thing that dictate over unders and things like that. And winds right now are going to be fifteen to twenty five miles an hour, with gusts of occasionally over forty miles an hour. Uh, so for that reason, I'm going to take Joe Burrow under 259 yards. So it's actually 259 and a half. Uh, so you get the hook there with 259. Um, you know, I, I just think this is going to be a game where you, you're going to have to take the air out of the ball a little bit. If the weather is not cooperative, um, you know, you're not really going to be able to throw any deep balls if, if the wind's howling like it's supposed to be. So to me, that is just right for an under on – on uh, the on the under for Burrow yards, um, you know it. It's hard because typically he's been at you know two seventy two eighty. Um, last week he only threw for two hundred because of the short fields that they had. So it, 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 I think they're kind of accounting for it here. Uh, DraftKings is with the weather uh, in terms of his line, but you know I still like under just because you never know what's going to happen and. and um, I think this is a game where, you know, you're talking about a Patriots team that likes to run the ball. Uh, they can't really throw the ball very well. They're going to rely on Ramondre Stevenson. So that just, you know, that's time killing in, in and of itself. So that's where I'm going to go. Joe Burrow under 259 and a half. So we've got two different uh, prop bets with passing, and I'm interested. I, mean, I don't know. I'm shocked, Andrew. I'm not saying I disagree with you. I think that's actually a good prediction, but I'm just shocked hearing you say the word under because I don't think you've ever gone under on a prop bet, have you? Uh, I feel like I have. Um, but, you know, really? Say, life's too sh- life's too short to bet the under. So yeah, no, that's why I was like thinking, man, Andrew wholeheartedly lives by that, like many people. So I was like. Andrew really is going under. Well, in light of those two prop bets, I'm going to do a uh, receiving uh, rushing prep. I can't even talk today. Receiving basically prop bet. I'm going to say Jamar Chase. The over-under on receptions for him is five and a half receptions. I think he goes over that. I think that's a literally and figuratively safe bet. I mean, if you look at Jamar's number this year, I, I mean, the last time he had... Uh, less than five catches in a game. I mean, you got to go way back to basically. I don't. Yeah, but you have to go back to that Miami game when they went to T. Higgins, and you know he only had. I don't want to say only had four catches for eighty-one yards, but he's only had fewer than five and a half catches in just that game. And then against the Cowboys, he had five catches 
So technically, it's less than five and a half. I have to say that. Other than that, though, he's gone well over that. I mean, what, seven catches against Tampa Bay, 10 against Cleveland, seven in Kansas City, eight at Atlanta. This is before and after, of course, uh, his hip injury. So, yeah, I mean, it's just I don't see a situation where, yeah, even if you do go to T. Higgins a lot in this game, if you really get Tyler Boyd some movement. And I see there's even, like, if you want to just know, uh, for Tyler Boyd, it's three and a half receptions over under. I think he meets that, too, but specifically focusing on Jamar Chase. If you just look at the way he's been right before his injury, since his injury, the way he's been Mr. Reliable, even when um, there was no Tyler Boyd and T. Higgins against the Browns, I think it's a safe bet to say Jamar Chase over five and a half receptions. And of course, we haven't done this in a while, but you know, we got to do a little flashback Friday. So just to kind of wrap up the podcast, I guess with the cold weather, the freezing front, I have to ask you guys, what is the, I don't know, I know Mike, this might be crazy for you because you're from Chicago, but what is the craziest snowstorm you've dealt with and why? If you want I don't remember specific snowstorms. I remember it got so cold in Michigan, the battery froze in our car, but I, I don't what? know exactly uh, you know, what snowstorm that was. I mean, we dealt, you know, you grow up in those areas and you get a lot of snow. <laughs> it's not. You know, <laughs> That's what I'm saying. You mark it by snowstorms, but yeah, it got cold enough where our battery froze in our car. And the car just stayed at the end of the driveway for uh, three days until it thawed out. Yeah. The, yeah. I wow, think man. the one for me was when I was in eighth grade, I think it was. Um, we had a really, really bad winter where, like, we had, like, a, like and this is going to sound hilarious to Mike considering I'm from Virginia. We had, like, a foot and a half of snow, like, right before Christmas. And then in February, we got like 28 to 30 inches of snow. Um, but that kept us out of school for a week. Uh, we were not in, like, I remember it was like, we had two days off at one week. We had a week off of school the next week. And then we had like a two hour delay for every day the following week. Like, it was absolutely wonderful. So, like, I mean, just like every day I was like outside and there was like snow banks piled like higher than your head. Like, I don't remember anything like that. So I think it was 2010. Um, and I think technically it was called like they had a name for it. It was called Snowmageddon. Um, but I, I think that was I think that was the one. Wow, Snowmageddon, that sounds about right. So you almost beat me to it because you said 2010. I want to say, so for me, this was 2009. I'm a little younger than you, so I was about 11 years old. Um, this was in Lexington, Kentucky, my uh, my hometown where I grew up. So this was like late January, early February, probably like closer to February, which is crazy for just where I lived in Kentucky. I mean, the, the, we had the worst ice storm I think we've had in like the most recent history of uh, that city because it has never been that bad where like people were like literally dying in car accidents. The whole city was iced out, whether it was major highways, local streets, like neighborhoods. It was just so bad. At, like I don't think I left the house once. I think I was just trapped inside the whole week and you had snow coming just in and out with all the ice and it was insanity. I don't know that it compares to what we've got in uh, northern Kentucky, Cincinnati, tri-state area, but 
I'm not going to lie. This kind of reminds me of that because, like, it's the coldest I've been in since that snowstorm, ice storm, which is what? It's negative four, negative five degrees uh, right outside of Cincinnati right now where I live. And then on top of that, I mean, my car took forever and ever and ever and ever and ever. And I could say ever 10 more times to start because it took that long. So this actually, and that's why I had to ask the question is because like what we're going through right now reminds me so much of 2009. So some very interesting perspective from you guys there. Just some final details to wrap up here real quick. So we mentioned again, Hayden Hurst, who was questionable entering uh, Saturday's game has been declared out with the calf injury. He sustained against the Browns. That means more Mitchell Wilcox this weekend. Jalen Davis, that's someone that Zach Taylor said will be a game-time decision. He has a thumb injury as he's questionable. Uh, Cam Taylor Britt is questionable too, but he said, Taylor said in his own words that he'll be good to go. Taylor Britt expressed being ready to go. Um, the only one I, we didn't ask about was Jay Tefeli, backup defensive tackle. He missed part of practice this week with an illness. We'll see how he feels uh, on Saturday, if he's feeling good or not to you know suit up as a backup behind BJ Hill and DJ Reader. So that's something to look at. But stay tuned with us. Tomorrow we'll have our post-game pod. Mike Nizek, again, he will be in Foxborough at Gillette Stadium with all the inside information, post-game, everything you need to know. Andrew Gillis and I will be back in our comfortable little homes <laughs> watching the game, as many of you all will be doing. But once again, for myself, Mike Nizek and Andrew Gillis, I'm Muhammad Ahmad. Stay warm, stay safe. We'll see you tomorrow.